Greetings and welcome back to another an ongoing series of Shurim and Daf Yomi. My name is Yitzchak Et Shalom. We are now in Masachet Sotah Daf Lamed Chet Amud Bet, in the middle of a discussion about Birchat Kohanim, which will take this and the next podcast to complete. And we um, we have finished uh, several agadot that were tangential to the issue of Birchat Kohanim. Back to the halacha, which goes as follows. Um, uh, if you have a shul, which is all koanim, and on this particular page, relatively uh, uniquely, I don't uh, normally do this, uh, I included the Pesach of the Shulchan Aruch above the text, so and which we'll refer to, to see how this is understood. If you have a shul, which is all koanim, they all go up to do the duchan, which means there's nobody there receiving the bracha. So the name of Rachin, who are they blessing? Other Jews who are out in the field working. Aini, is that really true? Now listen to the wording. The nation that is in back of the Kohanim. In other words, if you're standing in Shul, but you're behind the Kohanim, as opposed to in front of them, the way that we described in the previous podcast, face to face, then you're not included in the bracha. So certainly those people who are not in shul at all are not including the bracha. The answer is lokasha, hadanisi, hadalonisi. If they're a noose, if they have to make a living and they have no option and therefore they have to daven on their own earlier or later and they have to go out and work, so they're included. If they're not a noose, uh, they just chose uh, to go out early or they're uh, not working, then they're not included. Uh, but we have a different ruling, which is They split it up. Some go up and give the bracha, the others are the recipients who say amen. So which is it? We just had a ruling that says they all go up. The answer is beasara. If there's a way, there's two ways to read this. There's Rashi and the Rambam. It doesn't, if it means that a few of them happen to go up, and you now have ten where there's recipients, we don't tell any of the other ten to go up, we say, okay, you stay here. Or possibly, the way the Rambam says, the Shachar seems to read it, is that it means that we, L'Chathchila, divide them up. Meaning, if you have eleven, or properly twelve, Kohanim and Shul, or more, you send everybody above the number of ten, to go there, so if there's, let's say, 15, 5 go up. Uh, if there's uh, 12, 2 go up. But if there's only 10, if there's only 10, which means if 1 goes up, you won't have 10 who are responding, then all 10 go up, and they give the brachan, who's included is the Am Shabbat They're able to say brachat konim because they count towards the minion. And there are other people in shul. The Shukhanach says uh, the women who are in shul, little kids who are in shul, who will be the ones to answer our main. Okay, now, back to the issue of location. Gufa, Tana, The nation, the, meaning the people, who are in back of the coin are not included. So now, Pshita, Arichi, Biape, Gutsi, it's clear to us that if a tall person is standing in front of a short person and the short person is blocked from the Kohanim by this tall person, that's not a, that's not an, a, 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 a block. In other words, he's still included in the bracha. Teva lo Even if he's on the other side of the teva where the Sefer Torah is kept, that's also not a block. Mechitza but what if he's on, in another room? 
In other words, the Kohanim are blessing, and in a room that is in front of the Kohanim, on the other side of a divider, this fellow is standing, is he included? Beautiful concept, that even an iron divider cannot, a steel divider cannot divide, a sorry, iron divider cannot divide between Am Yisrael and Hashem. So it is not a problem. So the, the, issue that we're speaking about now is people who are actually in back of the Kohanim. They're not included. But they could be in front, even if they're uh, in beyond a barrier. Now, what if they're to the side of the Kohanim? Just one little preface. We're talking here about doing the Hazav Mechatat on Kelim that are that were in an Ohelamate. And uh, the the tahara demands kavana. Take a look at Rashi, the last Rashi on the previous Amud. You'll see Hazaan needs kavana. So even though all these kelim, you're standing sort of in the middle of a sea of kelim, so there's kelim in front of you, kelim back of you, but you intended to do the hazal and the kelim in front of you, and by accident the water spilled back and got the kelim in back of you, or the haravi's elephant or vice versa, hazatop sula, it's no good. So here you see that direction matters. Now, but if you were aiming for the kelim in front of you, and instead you hit the kelim that were to the side of you in front, meaning to the side of you but within your peripheral vision, so you see the same thing that the kohanim also, if they're to the side, if you are to the side of the kohanim, you're included. This is an ancillary halacha. Once a Sefer Torah has been opened, as, meaning for reading purposes, you're not allowed to talk at all, not even Divar Halacha, Shinemar. We have three proofs to this. Proof number one, in the description of that, that uh, famous covenanting ceremony that Ezra did on the first day of Tishrei, it says, When they opened the Sefer Torah, literally everybody stood. But ain't Amidah l'shtika, but Amidah here means silence. Shinemar, v'hochalti ki lo yidaberu ki amdu lo anuod. They um they um do and they didn't answer anymore. So um do here means silence. That's the way that we're reading it. So therefore it says when they opened it up they were silent. Has a different pasuk, which is Vosne Kolamal Sefer Torah. I'm sorry, there's two proofs. Vosne Kolamal Sefer Torah. Again, in the same context, says everybody's listening to the Sefer Torah. I mean, they're not doing anything else. Any coin who did not wash his hands first is not allowed to go up to Nisud Kapaim. Why? Shinemar. So lift up your hands, but the idea here is also lift them up with water, and then bless Hashem. Now What's the secret to your longevity? I have three things that I never did. I never made a shul into a shortcut. Say I'm here, I gotta get there, I'll go through the shul. I never walked Literally, in the heads of the holy people. What it means is, as Rashi points out, the students would sit on the ground, and if you walk in, you have to take large steps, and from a distance, it looks like you're walking on them. I never did that. I was walked around. And I never did brachat kohanim without saying a bracha first. So another Gemara asks, what is that bracha? 
That's the bracha indeed that the Kohanim say uh, in practice. Now Hashem blessed us not the mitzvotah, but rather in the sanct- with the sanctity of Aaron and commanded us to bless Am Yisrael with love. Now, remember we said in the previous podcast you have to start moving during Avodah to get up to the Duchan. What do you say at that point? So here at some Hashem you ask Hashem that this bracha should not have any trip up and any sin in it, it should be perfect. What do you say when you finish Brachat Koim and you turn your back on the Tzibor? So he said the following, we did what you told us to do. Now, please, you do when you promised, which is, Look down from your divine abode and bless your people. This, by the way, parallels in an interesting fashion the uh, mentioned Masachet Brachot of Rebunchuni Menachana's practice of saying a tefillah when he enters the Beit Midrash and asking that his study be successful and not trip anyone up and not mislead people and thanksgiving afterwards. Although here we have a different piece in which they're sort of saying, we've done what you've said now, you've got to do what you've promised. Right, from here till the end of the piece today, we're going to find a very uh, syncopated rhythm of how the Kohanim, the Shleich Tzibur, and the Tzibur interact in Berchat Kohanim. So the first thing is really at the end, and then we'll go in order. The Kohanim are not allowed to uh, loosen uh, their fingers. In other words, when they're doing Berchat Kohanim, their fingers are stiff and out. They're not allowed to loosen them until they turn their face back from the tzibur. And as long as they're facing the tzibur, their fingers have to be taught. So the caller who yells out kohanim, which remember we passed against Rav Chista, even the Yisrael could do that. You have to first wait until the Amen that the Tzibur says to the Bracha beforehand. Wait until they've all said Amen and then you say Kohanim. You don't say it so that they say, The Kohanim cannot start saying, the bracha, meaning Asher Kiddushanu, until the, the Kore says Kohanim. And the Tzibur cannot say Amen to that bracha until the Kohanim have finished their bracha. You can't say the bracha Tamo Yisrael Biyahav Amen, which often happens the way in some places, Anyanta, for instance, when the, uh, when the, uh, cantillation, Leads to uh, and the tzibur answers amen, and it almost sounds as if they're saying which of course not something we'd want to say, but uh, it's important to wait until the bracha is finished and then say amen. The Kohanim can now not start the next bracha, until the Tzibur has finished saying Amen to the first bracha. They can't say, well, in the middle of the Amen of the Tzibur, start saying Yivarechecha. Alright, so that's the rhythm. They're not allowed to turn around until the Shleach Tzibur begins Then they can turn their back to the community. They're not allowed to walk away from the Duchan until he finishes Sim Shalom. Good, all of that 
has to do with Birchat Kohanim, and we have a parallel rhythm in Kriyata Torah. Someone's called up to read from the Torah. He says a bracha. The Tzibur can't say Amen until he finishes the bracha. Noten HaTorah, you have to wait till it says Noten HaTorah, Amen. And he's not allowed to start reading. You can't shortcut them, and when in the middle of their Amen start reading, you have to wait till they've all finished Amen, and then read. Remember the custom in the times of the Gemara was that the reader would read a Pasuk, and then someone standing there would translate it into Aramaic. He's not allowed to begin his translation on Shikhla Pasuk Biakore until the reader has finished his entire Pasuk. This was inevitable that the reader is not allowed to start at the next Pasuk until the translation is complete of the previous Pasuk. Someone who has the Haftara and reads from the Nevi'im. So if she kwaba Torah has to read from the Torah first. This is a sugya in in the last parak of Megillah, which explains the reason that we uh, that uh, we have that is because the lack of kavod la Torah to come up and ignore the Torah and read directly from the Nevi'im. Something of similar um, and antiphony almost is that the Raftir is not allowed to begin reading from the Nevi'im until the Sefer Torah is rolled up. For this I wrote a note based on Rashi's explanation of the way that they would keep the Sifrei Torah is that the Sifrei Torah were not kept in the Batei Knesset but in a building nearby. And they would bring them in, and the teva was adorned with all sorts of nice scarves, but after they would be finished with the reading, as we'll see in a minute, they would take the Sefer Torah out of the building, and really, at that point, there'd be every, every reason to take the scarves off, but that would take some time. So the Shleich Tzibur is not allowed to take lahavshita the teva, to take these things off of the teva. But Tzibur, that's Nekvod Tzibur. That's not because of a rhythm piece and a waiting until the other one's done, but because it's not nice to the Tzibur to have them wait and sit there and wait until that's all done. From Ritanacham and Roshuman Levi, and it's a very shine matzeit ad shina tel Sefer Torah v'yanechem komo. They're not allowed to leave until the Sefer Torah has been taken out and put in its place. Shmuel Amar Ad Shiyat Seh, Shmuel had a different take until it leaves the building. Depends if there's another exit. If there's only one exit, then they're not allowed to leave the leave until the Sefer Torah leaves the building. But if there's another exit, as soon as the Sefer has been Sefer Torah has been sort of moved in that direction, they can go out the other exit. Barahina explained to me it was based sort of an allusion to the pasuk. Follow God. So when there's only one door, you wait until the Sefer Torah goes out, and then you follow the Sefer Torah. You do not go out before it. Okay, Mirzah um, in the next podcast, we will complete our study of Birchat Kohanim. Um, in the meantime, we will pause at this point. Wish everyone a wonderful day.